two, two lessons are given to us by the readings today. One is the importance of community in our faith formation, faith grow, growth, and the other one is to be attentive and to be vigilant so that when the Lord comes or perhaps when our death comes that we'll be ready to enter the portals of heaven. So that in the first place we have from the first reading of St. Paul, the Thessalonians, it is an interesting letter, that first letter to Thessalonians because St. Paul writes to them in a very kind of very special way, very tender way. First of all, he founded the community in Thessalonica in Greece, sometimes around 49 AD or so, during his second journey. As you know, St. Paul left the Antioch, Antioch area and then he traveled throughout the existing Roman Empire, not only through Turkey, but also ultimately through Greece. And, uh, and, and so he established, established Christian communities. He could not stay in Thessalonica too long because there was a type of uprising against him quickly. So he had to leave together with Silas. And, but then what happened is that he wanted the Thessalonica, the Thessalonians to grow in faith. And so he sent his uh, assistant, Timothy. As you know, Timothy subsequently was one of the first bishops that St. Paul assigned. But he sent Timothy to check out on the Christian community. And so Timothy wrote this wonderful uh, summary of what Christian community Thessalonica was. And he says they really accepted that the gospel and they're trying to live it and they're living it very well. And, and so St. Paul says, you know, you make, you bring me great joy in seeing how you embraced the, not just the word which I preached to you, not as a word of man, but as a word of God. This is what we heard yesterday. And, and so for St. Paul, when he was writing to the Thessalonica, he was thanking God for their faith, for their, for their love especially for their love of one another, how they're helping and assisting each other. This is when Timothy gave that report to Paul and Paul responded to them. But he wanted them to even grow further. And he says, I wish, first of all, that, that you know, I'm thanking God for you day and night. As a matter of fact, you gave me so much joy. But, but the fact is that the, you know, the, uh, not only that, but he says, but day and night we pray beyond measure to see you in person and to remedy the deficiencies of your faith. But he also knows that there are some deficiencies and later on he'll address them. And one of the deficiencies is they were afraid that when the Lord comes, it would be better for them to be alive than to pass away. Because if they pass away, then they won't experience the second coming. Perhaps they will not be taken to heaven. And so, so, uh, so St. Paul addresses that towards the end of the letter, the deficiency of faith, because I want to do it in a personal way. But he says, now may God himself, our Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, direct our way to you. So we'll leave this in, your hand, in the hands of the Lord whenever he can bring me back to you. And may the Lord make you increase and abound in love for one another and for all, just as we have, just as we have for you so that the that love for one another will strengthen your hearts and it will be 
It will help you to be blameless in holiness before God our Father. It's a very personal letter. On one hand, it's, as I said, it's very tender because he wanted them to continue to grow in faith, but faith that is manifested in love. Faith that is manifested in, in growing closer and closer to as a community of faith. You know, today, one of the most difficult things is when Christians become Christians and our, those, even when they desire to live their faith more, they, they want to do it alone, or perhaps maybe within their own family. But, the, but the Christianity has always been communal. It is community. We, tr we, we, are, we wish to transform not only ourselves, but also help one another to grow in faith. Because in, 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 through a community, we are strengthened. Through a community, in many ways, we are saved because of helping one another. Today's difficulty is that Christians seem to have been sort of separated, have been pulled away from, the, from culture. Culture seems to be so predominant that Christians are sort of being pushed to margins. There's no more uh, Christian culture as such, or there are very few elements which are still remaining in a Christian culture in Western society. So therefore, the culture no longer carries the message of, of the gospel but people create their own ways. And, and, and as a matter of fact, they don't want Christ, they don't want God to interfere. We believe that outside of God, we can come up with our own solutions to address the issues of society or, or whatever. But we know that the minute we pull ourselves from God, uh, we're no longer faithful to him, then we don't have the blessings of grace. We don't have the blessings of the Holy Spirit and guidance of the Holy Spirit. And since our nature is tainted by sin, original sin and actual sin, we're blinded by sin. So therefore, the decisions we make are, are, are not, not exactly perfect. As a matter of fact, quite the contrary often. We choose and do the things which are harmful to one another. And so allowing God's grace, our own Christian message to come back again, not only to ourselves, but also to a group and to a Christian community, it helps all because it helps us to, to stand firm and, and protect ourselves from an unnecessary junk poison that hurts us, hurts our families. And we see what's going on right now in our world is because, yes, we got rid of it. We got rid of God, and we're trying to get rid of him and his message and his gospel. St. Paul says when, we people, when people pull away, especially from letter, in a letter to the Romans, he would say when people remove God, then they introduce all kinds of junk into their personal life, as well as to the society or communal life. The second aspect of today's readings is, is the Lord says to us, stay awake, stay awake, for you do not know on which day the Lord will come. That means be vigilant, be attentive. And the Lord gives very common sense parable of how vigilant we should be and he gives this, this parable of, of the master of the house uh, who um, would, would stay awake so that uh, a thief would not rob his house, that the house would not be broken into. So too, you must be prepared for an hour. For an hour, you do not expect the Son of Man will come. And then the Lord also gives an example of unfaithful steward, unfaithful steward who, whose master is delayed in coming and, and begins to eat, drink with drunkards 
abuse his servants, and the servant's master will come at an unexpected day, and he will catch him, in a sense, unprepared, and maybe not just unprepared, but also doing evil things. Yesterday, I looked at the brief, briefly at news, and I was kind of surprised that um, an Olympic athlete, she was in her early 30s, had double heart attack, and she died. Um, Olympic athletes are probably in the best of form and shape. Why would that be the case? We do not know. But nonetheless, people do pass away quickly. In car accidents, people pass away on account of strokes and heart attacks, and they're not exactly prepared to, um, before the Lord. And so the Lord is asking us to be prepared. How can we prepare more? You know, at any moment, given moment. I, I remember one of our priests in 1800s, he was giving a talk, uh, a type of preparation for death. And, and at the end of his talk, he, he, he sat down and collapsed and fell asleep and died. And you know, all of us said, you know, this is a, such a powerful lesson for all of us. You know, he just preached on how to be prepared and he gave witness to that very, very moment. How do we prepare? You know, in my own community, every month we have what is called a monthly retreat. It's like a day of recollection and we look at our life, where we're going. And there are three questions at the end of this retreat and the questions are this, am I prepared to die? And then next question is, uh, what do I need to repair? What I need to change? What I need to do before I die? And the third one, if the Lord will call me this moment, what should I do? How do I, how would I react? Would I be, feel comfortable? He says, yes, Lord, I, I, I'm ready to go. Call me any moment. I am at peace. I tried to do everything I could. But you know, when I look at this examination of conscience, am I ready to go? I says, I'm not exactly too sure because my office is in really bad shape. You know, I would hate to have anybody go to my office and try to fix things because I know what needs to be done. Do I have enough time? Sometimes this is what hits me as a first question. And the second question hits me sometimes is, you know, am I okay with the people that I've known? Have I neglected them? What have I done? Maybe I should have addressed some issues in my family which needs to be addressed so that my brothers and my sister's families that they and my nieces and nephews would be ready as well. Or what do we do for one another, uh, especially as my role as, you know, being a priest and sharing reflections here, what should I say? How would I be able to be helpful to others? As a community, we are to prepare people for death as part of our constitutions and also pray for the, for the dying and for the deceased. So, so that aspect of this eschatological element is very much part and parcel of our life. But each one, each one of us has to ask those questions or maybe the Lord can ask in our hearts, am I ready? He says, are you ready, my son, my daughter? 
what do you need to do? Part of it is I remember when, when uh, COVID, you know, especially initially when COVID, uh, the, the original version and Delta version came, many people came to confession. We had those drive through confessions, drive you know, in a car. Many came because they were afraid that the Lord may call them and many who have neglected their life for a long time, sometimes even very long time. And, and they came because they felt like the Lord may, the Lord may knock on their door and this virus may, may, uh, may, uh, may draw them closer. Uh, I mean, uh, that may, may bring upon death. So they were afraid. So they needed and wished to become closer to the Lord. I remember, you know, as I hear confessions, many confessions, and I have to tell you, there are people who have not been to confession for 30, 40, 50, 55, 57 years. And they were preparing for this moment for their confession, sometimes five, six years. And they, and they come because they said, I have to, I have to um, make up for the things that I have failed to do. I want the Lord to, to be merciful to me as I confess my sins. And it's true, so true. Many times I see tears in people's eyes when, they, when the Lord touches their heart and touches their heart with this realization that they could have died uh, in sin. Sometimes um, lots of lots of evil on their hearts and yet the Lord was patient with them. The Lord is patient with all of us, but nonetheless he says be awake, be vigilant, because you do not know the time when the Son of Man will come when the Son of Man will call, call us to himself. Being here, listening to God's word, wherever you are here or all around the world, as you watch through this live stream message, we are called to a community, and this community of faith is reminding us, reminding us of, of the need and the necessity to be vigilant. I remember this one gentleman who was very, he came alive in faith and he wanted to make sure that his sister who was just completely outside of a church, they had no need for the church. And, and he was praying to God and, you know, and, and uh, praying to God for several years for his sister to, to come back to faith. And I remember he says, you know, that he, uh, on this Divine Mercy Sunday, he says, you know, what should I ask for? Yes, forgiveness of my own sins, but maybe I should ask for forgiveness of sins to my sister that she may come back. But lo and behold, after did his novena before Divine Mercy Sunday, his sister did come back and they were able to reconcile because he was not exactly on speaking terms with her. How do we prepare, listen to God's word? Listen to the inspirations of the Holy Spirit who may touch our hearts today. He says, Lord, I want to make up for the things I've done wrong. I ask you, Lord, to help me to take advantage of the time of grace, the time of mercy before the hour of justice comes and I'll have no more opportunity to seek forgiveness, mercy, to be reconciled, to confess my brokenness. And the second aspect is today, the Lord is giving us himself in the Eucharist with a spiritually 
we may not be able to receive him sacramentally, but, but he wants to give himself to us. And he wants to make up for the lack, for the brokenness that we have and we are. And he wants to make up because he already died for us. He took upon himself our sins and he gave us the freedom of mercy, freedom of forgiveness. And this is what we do every time we celebrate this Eucharist. We bring back, we make present the powerful grace and mercy of God manifested through his son. He offered himself, and this is what Mass is all about. We bring forth that salvific grace of the Lord who was broken by our sins, who, whose body was broken beyond belief and whose blood was outpoured, shed for us. And this is what we distribute each time we gather for the Eucharist. We bring forth the great treasure of Christ's mercy and love to each one of us, to all people around this world, and through us to others, as we know. So may we, as we continue with this sacred liturgy, we can say, Lord, not only help me to be ready, but I may welcome you each moment, so I will be ready. And I may ask forgiveness and mercy from you. I know that you'll grant us, because whoever calls upon you receives the grace. And so that not only will I be ready to die, but I'll be ready to enter the portals of glory, the paradise to live with you forever. Are you a Marian helper? Join our Spiritual Benefit Society and start sharing in the graces of all the daily masses, prayers, and good works of Marian priests and brothers all over the world. Sign up is free and easy. Simply visit micprayers.org. That's micprayers.org. Thank you, and God bless you. Please follow or subscribe to this podcast to receive the latest episodes and updates. If you have been blessed by this podcast, I invite you to leave a review. Reviews greatly improve our podcast ranking and will help spread this podcast to other people throughout the world. Are you enjoying this podcast? I invite you to listen to more shows brought to you by the Marian Fathers of the Immaculate Conception. Join us daily for enriching spiritual content which will help you on your journey with Jesus Christ. Simply visit divinemercyplus.org for a complete list of our shows. That's divinemercyplus.org. Are you a Marian helper? Join our Spiritual Benefit Society and start sharing in the graces of all the daily masses, prayers, and good works of Marian priests and brothers all over the world. Sign up is free and easy. Simply visit micprayers.org. That's micprayers.org. Thank you, and God bless you.